When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I got these tickets to go to a movie, and I'm going to bring my family to the movie. Uh, but the theater right by our house isn't – it was sold out uh, for Beauty and the Beast, right? Uh, so I, f- I found another theater, and I'm like, you know what? It's cool. It's the same company. I'll just I'll just get the tickets there. And uh, you know when you, like, pick the seating chart? Yeah. Like, the seating chart was a little different, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. That's It's fine. We'll, we'll just get the tickets. We go. <laughs> so we, we go into the theater yesterday. And like the theater near our house has those reclining seats. Yeah. And, and we've, we've grown accustomed to that level of comfort <laughs> in the theater. And we walk into the theater and every row is like desks and all the seats are like office chairs. <laughs> and it was, the I was, I was like, Oh no, I'm taking my kids to sit like upright in the theater for two hours. And then, the, and then an instructor comes in and is like, uh, good morning, class. This is Professor Watchabuts. <laughs> Today we'll be studying film using these examples. <laughs> now they just they just serve food there. Or they just, I don't know, they but... just they just serve food or buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, this is Travis. Hello, everyone, and this is Brandon. And welcome to yet another episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm, your podcast for us, by us, sort of for you to. I don't know. <laughs> this, this is this, this is yet another evolution of what this show is about. <laughs> well, it's funny. This show is always really, uh, regardless if we started out talking about technology right. or focus on pop culture. That's right uh movies that's right it's, think, it just generally things we're interested in it's just always been about us right it always has it's been about us and so why not just make it more about us <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's let's do that travis so so brandon let's talk about your childhood okay no uh, <laughs> maybe, i watched maybe we'll, maybe we'll save that for later i watched a lot of rated r movies and and now i'm sensitive to everyone judging me for letting my kid watch rated r movies <laughs> Uh, if you would like to judge Brandon about his parenting skills, there are many ways you can do that. You can send us an email at apatheticenthusiasmshow at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash apatheticenthusiasmshow. On Twitter, at apathusiast. And, of course, on Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm. All of those links are available at apatheticenthusiasm.com. Okay, now that that's all out of the way, okay. let's, let's, really, let's talk about how horrible you are. That right <laughs> uh, yeah, let, uh, let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, here's here's part of why I bring bring out that rated R movie thing, right? 
Uh, I was talking to, well, so a couple things happened in like last week and a half. Like I was talking to this guy I met. His name is his name is Brian. Uh, he's a really cool dude, and he he and I were just like we we found out that we loved movies. Both of us loved movies and deep passion for deep, the cinematic arts. Uh, he's like he's the one person I've found. No no offense, Travis or Chelsea or anybody who I love and cherish. <laughs> That is like is on par with me for as many movies and as much worthless movie <laughs> knowledge as as I have. Uh, okay. So so he and I were talking about you know like uh, you know John Carpenter's The Thing and like watching horror movies and uh, like that he like his he doesn't let his kids watch the movies. Um, sure. And mm-hmm. and my son on the other hand like I just we're like let's go let's go watch. People kill each other, right? <laughs> um, and so, so I was talking a bit about that, and then, I uh, and then we watched the thing, John Carpenter's the thing in the theaters here in, in Hawaii, which is a okay, awesome movie. It's actually one of the more tamer movies that the, my son has seen. Uh, and <laughs> and then Chelsea went out with some friends, and like they give her so much crap that Dex, that the kid, I'll just say Dex, that that Dexter yeah. watches scary movies. They're like, oh, Chelsea, <laughs> bad parent. Like, they don't say it out loud, but everyone, everyone thinks it. But it's it. behind their eyes. Like <laughs> yeah. They, and, uh, and you're pretty mum yeah. on it. I, I think, I think in your mind, you'd be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my kids watch that. But, but you do you, Brandon. Well, realistically, and, and we've had conversations about this before, because my kids, I don't let them watch, uh, most things i don't i mean they they watch kids youtube like i don't give them open access to youtube on a regular basis um i and and we do we monitor a lot of what our kids watch um but i think my kids have uh a sensitivity to to certain themes and and topics that uh dexter is very Okay, it's a good thing you said his name because because I just uh, shouted your son's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've tried to avoid it all these episodes, and they're like, uh, you know what? Screw it. Screw. It. We'll just 50- name this. Ep- just just name this episode, Dexter. <laughs> There's 54 uh, <laughs> people listening to this podcast. Uh, but yeah, so I I think he's a little bit more, um, and maybe it's just because you guys have from early on just kind of exposed him to more. He's he's more resilient towards those sorts of things, but. Um, I have been trying to kind of, you know, start stepping and, and broadening those things to kind of get my kids, uh, more used to seeing, you know, not necessarily horror films, but like I, we, I, I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with my kids and Ooh. my oldest one was like having issues with like the face melting at Kalima. the end. Oh, no. It's so <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when they open the arc and like, you know, all the stuff comes out. Yeah. And, Everybody dies except for Indy and what's her name, Marion, because they look away. Yeah, because that's that's what you do. Why didn't everybody do that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like they struggled with that. So, but I'm trying to kind of like bridge that a little bit more. But you know, I grew up uh, watching you know R-rated movies, and uh, it's again it. I was exposed to it. I don't think I'm a horrible person, so yeah. you know, this, do, it's do, just it's just a different style. I think. Do, do you think? Do you think? Do you think that because you watch that stuff uh, at, at a younger age, that you're you're less likely to let them watch it, or 
Like if, if, if Sheena wasn't around, would you be more likely to let your kids watch that at an earlier age? Um, there were definitely times and, and maybe, maybe not when I was super young, but as I was in those like in between years, early teens where I would, I would reflect on some of the things I had watched and been like, really? Like, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should be watching this or I don't know if I should have been watching this. Uh, and you know, like, I don't think it, it, I'm any worse for the wear per se, but I think definitely, uh, maybe my attitudes towards things or, or things that, um, uh, like, cause, cause we've also talked that I'm not super into horror films. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just never really have been, mm-hmm. I've, I've been pretty, uh, freaked out about <laughs> a lot of things in life. <laughs> uh, if we want to delve into my neuroses, but yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, um, and, and I think my kids, honestly, if you call it genetic, you know, whatever, if they're just picking up off my vibes, uh, they, <laughs> they respond, the, they, they respond the same way to a lot of those things. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it, it deals with like the, the individual and, and you have to, as a parent, know your kids and know what they can and can't handle. And, uh, our our kids are different yeah. in that way. So yeah, I, I I can I can get behind that, right? Like like if if I w- if Chelsea and I were showing Dexter horror movies, right, and then he was like freaking out and he was constantly having nightmares about the stuff, then then I, I would be I'd go about it differently. I wouldn't be like, no, Dex, we're going to see another, <laughs> we're going to see another yeah. scary movie. You're yeah. going to get this desensitized to this. But he's just like. I, I've told this story on the show before, but like one time, a long time ago, Chelsea, when she was like five or six, she was on the couch downstairs in her house and she was watching a movie and her dad came down and like, Hey, w- what are you watching? And she's like, Leatherface. <laughs> right. Shrug. Uh, because, because like we understood at an early age, that like, Oh, this, this wasn't real. This is all, just is all just pretend. And as so long as we understand it's pretend, then it's okay to watch it. Right. Oh God! Yeah, uh, and so <laughs> yeah, I I th- I think that's and I I think Dexter has developed that separation very well to where he can say you know this isn't real this is this is this is pretend and so um, for the most part I you know he doesn't and and really you know maybe things have changed in the last year but uh, I I highly doubt it uh, when we were hanging out on a regular basis Dexter was never like this kid who was running around talking about murders and. And all these, I mean, you know, not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and not all the time did he did he kill a bird and then uh, put it on his face, his blood. Oh, not well, all the time. Not, just <laughs> just on occasion. Yeah. But you know, like yeah. So like I was talking about in the cold open, I, I took the family out to see a movie this weekend, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the that's Disney right. uh, live action remake, S- scary movie. Uh, just came out. Well, and that's the thing is my son was legit like worried about going to see this movie because he didn't know if he was going to be scared. Oh, because it said beast uh, in the title because it had a beast in it. Right. And he's watched the, uh, the animated version of the movie. Sure. Um, but he, you know, he has sensitivities and we went and saw trolls in the theater and the Bergens, like he, like he had a hard time with them. Like initially wait, trolls he's, he's... or, or troll and troll two. Have you seen those movies? No. No, no, we're talking about trolls with like Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake, and it was animated. Okay, you know, uh, which well, you, he he loves he loves the movie and he watches it all the time now. Yeah. But it, just like the intensity of like thinking of these like lurch, lurching figures that eat cute little trolls, like it didn't sit well with him. 
Uh, and so when we went and saw Beauty and the Beast, he like he was totally fine the whole time and loved it. Uh, but it was just one of those things where it's like I had to I had to have a plan of action to know like if he if he has a hard time with this, yeah. what are we gonna do? Are we are we gonna leave? What's gonna happen? So, um, and yeah, that's it's Beauty and the Beast. Like we're talking about Beauty and the Beast here. So yeah, <laughs> which which was okay by the way. I don't you know I I know we're not reviewing that show, but uh. I, I I'm I'm a little I'm a little weirded out about my feelings on that movie. Uh, uh you're 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 gonna have to elaborate. <laughs> so I like I thought the movie was good, right? And I'm I am a huge fan of the original Beauty and the Beast. I'm the one, uh, the one no, with, no the one with uh, Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. It was on TV yeah. for a couple years. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, no, the the Disney animated Beauty and the Beast was huge when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I kind of have that childhood nostalgia to go along with it. But um the as Disney continues to do these live action remakes of their animated features, I'm I'm kind of at at odds with myself because the stories are are like note for note the same. Yeah. You know, they they are remakes for all intents and purposes and I while it's a good movie, it's there's no surprise for me. There's there's no like my investment in the plot is sort of like stagnant because I'm like, okay, I know what's gonna happen. It's like you're rewatching a movie you've watched a hundred times already, just presented in a different way. And I I don't know. Do you do you get that way with remakes and things like that or? Uh, um. Well, so so you didn't you didn't. Did you feel that way with the Jungle Book? So, I really enjoyed the Jungle Book, and there were parts of the Jungle Book that felt like they were they were direct like correlations to the the original animated film. Mm-hmm. But I felt like there was enough rewritten, enough within the story yeah. that was changed to make it feel like an original telling of it. Yes, like it. It did. It there were the. It, they didn't redo every song. They didn't redo everything. Um, that was in the first one. The the story of him with his wolf family. There was there was more to that in the Jungle Book. So like, it didn't feel like it. It was a it was, scene for scene remake. Yeah, it was know? wasn't it was, a straight rehash. It was they 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 took they took the basic story. They used Rudyard. Rudyard Kipling's uh, original tale to help expand upon the story, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't just a straight remake. And so you're saying Beauty and the Beast. The reason Beauty and the Beast wasn't as good was because there wasn't enough variation in it. It was just like, uh, you know what? Let's let's take let's take the cartoon and make it into live action. Yeah, I mean, there. Oh, don't get me wrong. There were there were things that they did they took liberties in some areas then they changed some elements but for the most part uh they wanted to make sure they got all the original songs in there because those are sort of central to the idea of the first film yeah they added a couple of extra songs which i think were additive and they didn't take away from the film um but for the most part because of the way that those songs kind of help tell the story yeah like the plot runs through those and everything kind of just it, it's the same. There's, there's, a, there's a little bit more to it, but I just felt like it wasn't a, as big of a step 
to yeah. to call it an original. I mean, it's clearly a remake. Um, so while I thought it was executed well, um, and we talked we talked about the Jungle Book and and their visual effects, mm-hmm. the visual effects in Beauty and the Beast are they 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 cross the uncanny valley for me, and oh. I'm like like to the point where I spent a, a better part of the movie not thinking about the fact that the beast is this CG, you know, representation. Like I just, I bought into it. I didn't, oh. I didn't get hung up on that. Like I did with rogue one or something yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean in that way, very well done, but like, I can, I come out and say, I thought it was a great film, you know, on its own when it's so tied to that original content. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think that's the huge conversation. And I, really, the show that we're doing, we're going to talk about remakes and, and how we feel about remakes like hundreds of times before we're finally done with the podcast. But, like, as far as, like, remakes goes, like, I saw John Carpenter's The Thing in theaters, right? And that was that itself was a remake of a Thing from Another World back in, like, the 50s, uh, which was based off of book, uh, Knock Who Goes There. Uh, in, in the thing about remakes that the, that it has to do is remakes have to take a, the, the idea and then they have to expand it in some way. Like, uh, Cronenberg did with the fly, which was a remake. Like, and it's, it, it goes above what the original did and takes it in a new way. And like, uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, the, one of the reasons that it, it bothered me was, they didn't like they the only thing they really did differently with Nightmare on Elm Street the remake and I I know you didn't see it but like they they made it to where Freddy wasn't was like a a, a child who was a pedophile right and okay. and instead of like having all this like subtext in the original series with him being a pedophile it was just like straight up like ah no he's a pedophile and then uh, beyond that like they also um like I, there was this cool idea that like this original idea that they they're like well maybe we we keep it on the back burner maybe we don't know if Freddy was actually a child murderer or ch- a pedophile maybe like he was actually wronged by the parents and they were wrongfully accused and then maybe like he's a bad guy because he's getting revenge on everybody right and then they they threw that they threw that away <laughs> they're like nah nah, nah. let's not Let's not leave anything up to chance. Good Let's ideas. Just... Never mind. Never mind good <laughs> ideas. But you know, that's the thing. Like, again, they didn't, they ended up being safe and they just, they just basically remade the original movie without adding anything to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, if some, they, they can't all be winners. Uh, they can't. Beauty and the Beast in theaters now. Go check it out. It, I'm not a sponsor. And, the, <laughs> and, the, and they're going to remake uh, Mulan as well, but without the music. Yeah. So that's you know Disney is really kind of going full tilt right now with all their remakes and if they if they stick to you know I I can really only judge based on the Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast because I didn't see Cinderella and I don't I'm sure there's some others out there but those are the ones that stick out in my mind uh, the Jungle Book if they're going that route keep it up great great work yeah uh, Be- Tra- Be- Beauty and the Beast still well executed everyone seem to love it in my family i just uh i want i want something other than nostalgia for the original to, yeah. to kind of get me into the theater to go see it so 
you know, do something different with the story or, you know, but then, then there'll be the people that complain that it wasn't like the original if, it, if they, if they mess, mix it up too much. Yeah. And, and what know, are you going to do? And, you know, speaking of original, one of the movies I saw recently, uh, an actual movie that was released in the last year and not in 1982, uh, I, <laughs> I saw Kong Skull Island. Hey, I saw them shooting Kong Skull Island when I still <laughs> lived on that island. Yes. Uh, and you can see Hawaii in the background in some scenes. And we're like, hey, yeah, we know where that is. <laughs> I, I The thing I knew about that movie before it came out was that helicopters were loosely involved because I went on a tour <laughs> of uh, the Kualoa Ranch and they were shooting scenes with helicopters flying around. Yes. And they like had to stop our tour. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a giant skull at one point. Which then, when the Skull Island title was officially released, I was like, "Ha ha, okay, makes sense." Well, there you there go. You go. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me let me let me just say, like, so so we had Godzilla back in 2014, and then with uh, Gareth Edwards, I think directed that, and then he also directed, you know, Rogue One. Or um, you know, whatever. That just whatever. It's a dumb, dumb movie, and <laughs> and then uh, so now Kong Skull Island with the intent of eventually in like 2020 King Kong and Godzilla meeting up with each other. Uh, and, and let me just say like yet another cinematic universe. Let me, let me just say that Kong skull Island, some of the, some of the reviews didn't weren't really that kind to it, but I thought it was awesome, dude. Like it was like interesting all the way throughout and King Kong is a badass, and he's not like, he's not mired in, sentiment with uh okay. like like he wasn't yeah. peter jackson's movie like he's just he's just a badass and and it's it's really good it's a really good movie okay yeah i i i it's it's at the top or near the top of of my list of movies i want to see very uh in in, in the near term yeah and, and, yeah, I'm, but I have, and I'm not i'm not sure if you saw godzilla did you see Godzilla? I'm not sure if I did either. Well, I probably didn't. Well, it's got Matthew Broderick in it, and I I know I saw that one, <laughs> uh, and that's maybe why I haven't seen a Godzilla movie yeah, since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the one in 2014, like it was good, kind of, um, but they didn't like show enough Godzilla, and like the acting was was kind of subpar. King Kong, like they they took some of that critique, and they're like, well, let's show more of Kong. Let's have. Uh, uh, John C. Riley, who you'd think be like, he's just gonna be like over the top funny, and like really like goofy, but I, man, I love that guy. He he can he can reel it in when he needs to. Yes, and he can. He's he I I I enjoy John C. Riley, uh, not just for his uh, over the top comedy, but uh, for some of the other stuff he's done as well. For your health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we've we've talked about Beauty and the Beast. Uh we've talked about the beasts in terms of of King Kong and Godzilla, but uh there are, there are those that that strive to master these beasts and become perhaps the ultimate beast master. Isn't that isn't that uh, isn't that crazy? Like we didn't we didn't plan these transitions, <laughs> but we're killing it. it there's it just it's just working it, dude. We're just working it. We're like we're like on the runway. We're it's like we've been, it's like we've been doing this podcasting thing for a minute, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So so we wanted to talk about Ultimate Beastmaster for a little bit. You actually brought it up to me, uh, not knowing that I had actually watched a little bit of the season as well. Yeah. Um. What 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 inspired you to want to discuss this tournament of 
of might. <laughs> the might and um so so Chelsea on Monday she went to hang out with one of her uh one of our friends and like they went to a bar and karaoke in the beach and did all this random stuff. And I was like, Dexter, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do tonight? And uh, we're like, well, uh, he's like, maybe watch a scary movie. I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, so I was going through Netflix and I saw Ultimate Beastmaster. And so I was just like, well, let me just see what this is about real quick. And so I, I pressed play, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, I, we'll just watch this. And then and then Dexter was interested in it, like he was watching the entire time. And then he started like rooting for people. He's like, oh, I don't want that guy to win, or oh, I want them to win. Oh no! And then they fall in the the block. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching it. And then so last night, I skipped most of the the rest of the season. I was like, you know, what? in tr- in true Brandon fashion, like let me let me skip to the spoilers. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't need to see all the competition. I just want to see the the ultimate, the last round. Um, and then so I, I rolled Chelsea into it, and she was interested. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I want to talk about Ultimate Beast Passion with, with with Travis. Talk about this this style of show. Yeah, I. Uh... I my kids have really liked uh, Ultimate Ninja Warrior or American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they watched most of the last season on Hulu, and so they they had they were out of content. They they had seen all the episodes, uh, and so I think it was I think it's because we followed Terry Crews on Instagram. <laughs> uh, that I saw something <laughs> about. <laughs> I really miss you. <laughs> I, I, I got I got to give you props for that follow, by the way. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so he, I think he plugged something because he's one of the color commentators for, for the U.S. And uh, he, he said something about the show. I, I gave it a quick, you know, I read the synopsis and I was like, oh, this is essentially Netflix's answer to American Ninja Warrior, except they've brought in a variety of countries and they're trying to go international with the whole thing, which from a, like, business standpoint i'm like oh man okay so they're making one show they have like eight different countries with all with their own commentators Mm -hmm. and then they can distribute this exact same show in eight different regions on their net like on international netflix it was really smart yeah and then just hashtag profit like i was like way to go netflix on on that on that front but yeah so we uh i was a little surprised because it had like a like a mature rating or something or like or like a PG thirteen type rating on it yeah. and uh, which which we all know dropped, I don't care about I know you don't <laughs> um, but there there are a couple times where a commentator had some some rather colorful language and like my my oldest would like look at me like Dad did you catch that and I'd just kind of be like it's cool just like yeah let it go just chill let's like, let's turn this let's turn this shit off now. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, and, and I'm also going through the, the process of being like, okay, my kids can be exposed to language and not have to repeat it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like my kids are already good about not saying what they think is the S word, which is like stupid. So <laughs> like, I, but I need to like, I don't want them to hit like middle school and then suddenly be like, you know, freaked out or whatever. So uh, let me let me just uh, let me just say that that my great grandfather, uh, Sandoval, he he died at ninety eight, and the one thing that he wouldn't stand for was if somebody said "shut up," he would like smack him on the back of the head. Like you don't say that. Uh, I mean, he wouldn't say you don't say that so clearly because he's Spanish and he was a <laughs> he was a non native speaker. 
Okay. So he'd be like, Join us, Zazaga. Gaete. Gaete. And then smack. So did he Did he not like shut up or did he not like Kaete? Uh, Shut up. He didn't like shut up. Okay. I think you could say but the Spanish, but, but the Spanish translation is fine. Yeah, no, that that's fine. Well, plus he's the patriarch of the family. Well, it was at the time before he died. You understand? Yeah, you know, just don't argue. <laughs> just don't argue, argue with Grandpa Sandoval. Do not do it. Uh, uh, he's 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 who I watched uh, Lucha Libres, uh, like the Luchadors. With. <laughs> he just Very loved nice. Mexican wrestling. Anyways, who to- doesn't? And who doesn't love athletic people doing ridiculous contests and trying to avoid falling in beast blood, aka dyed water? <laughs> uh you know it's so the beast blood be, the the beast master show like it's fine uh because like they build one giant obstacle course the the episodes are fairly repetitive like you you see the same obstacles over and over again yeah that's fine because every every uh person in the competition is you know they have a different experience and they attack things from different ways and uh, it's fun rooting for like the fact that they brought in the different countries. Like my son will chant USA and he's got all this national pride and, you know, MAGA and all this stuff. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't know, like, um, but then also like, uh, my brother-in-law is super into Korean culture yeah. and, uh, my daughter really looks up to her uncle. So she's like rooting for Korea as like yeah. her other choice and you know, all this stuff. And, yeah. Um, plus it, she's a diva main on Overwatch, so that she's, you know, she's gotta. <laughs> it it says a lot about Dexter that he's like, anytime there's like a white person, he's usually like, uh, I don't want him to win. <laughs> like he wanted like South Korea to win. He's all he's all for you know diversity and you know equal opportunity. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. The I I I think like you know Netflix does so many things right. And the show, the show isn't done wrong, right? But I think there's a there's an aspect you 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 talk about the repetition. I think, like in cases like this show, part of the experience is being like, oh, let's wait till next week to see who moves on, right? Right. Yeah. Getting that almost almost appointment viewing, but like having having to have that break between episodes yes yes exactly because if you watch them all back to back to back you're like okay well all right yeah they're gonna go through the same issues the same trouble it's gonna be produced the exact same way they're gonna like they're gonna really focus on the first couple uh, competitors and then the ones that are the ones that mess up we know that they're just gonna like skim past them they're not gonna like focus too much time on them they're like, and yeah. then competitor John Smith, he made it through the 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 stomach turner, but he fell off <laughs> on the second pedestal. You know, like you're like, okay. Yeah, and then they have like the whole like backstories where they like do the little puff pieces and talk about, I don't know, you know, situations <laughs> they had to overcome in their life. Yeah. And, and now they're here to take on the beast. And I'm like, all right, like yeah. Okay. Thanks. You Thank can, you for that. And you can skip. Just, you can just sk- get just get to the jumping and the flipping <laughs> and the and the grabbing on the. Yeah. Exactly. And you, and you can you can skip most of that uh, because because you're like okay this guy's gonna lose so let me just let me just go to the end. It's like it's like the Super Bowl's over and you're like, do I want to watch the entire game or do I want to see like the highlights and catch the end of it? I want to watch how it ended if it's an interesting game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that's any knock on the, the commentators, the competitors. Uh, they have some really athletic people that I could never even hope to do well, uh, a absolutely. fraction of what they do. So uh, props to them. But I do agree with you that I think having that break between episodes would uh, would maybe improve the show a little bit. You know, I was thinking about this last night, actually, because we have been binge-watching yet another series on Netflix, my wife and I, and uh, it's it's an hour-long series, so it's, you know, it takes about, you know, you can get two episodes in in a, in a regular evening, three if you're really pushing it, but for me, like, even on the weekend, I, after about two, I'm just like, you know what, I need, I kind of need a break, and this is, the, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the, it's the show, it's the show uh, Shameless that ran on okay. uh, Showtime, Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, interesting show, really colorful characters. Uh, it is a uh, a tragic story because they're growing up in a very poor part of Chicago, and they kind of uh, are they're always down on their luck, and and you know it's it's interesting. But like I can only I can only digest so much of it, and um, I maybe this is where Sheen and I kind of are 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 different, where she can she can binge watch a show like a champ. Uh, and like she went through, like when she went through Gilmore Girls, like <laughs> that was on all the time in my house. Yeah, because she was just like busting through it, and and also she like she kind of like half watches things sometimes, where she's like she has it on, she's kind of following what's going on, but she's also you know doing other things on her phone or whatever. I I do that a little bit, but you know for me I can I can only take like we got through the first season and I was like okay. I need a breather. Yeah. Let's, let's watch something else for a minute and then maybe just do like an episode or two a night and, you know, just kind of, I, I, there's like five, ep- five se- seasons of the show. So I'm just like, all right, let's, let's pace ourselves. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that. You, I almost, I almost wonder if there are people out there. I don't do it obviously. Um, but who like ration their, you know, Netflix consumption or things like that. Like on Mondays, we watch House of Cards. On Tuesdays, we catch up on two episodes of Community. <laughs> you know, and then it's just like, like they, they you know, like they're they're almost they're almost their own like network execs that are just like, all right. So on Thursday nights, we have a comedy block they, where we watch. They have like a show and this show. They have a whiteboard in their living room. They're like, <laughs> all right. Uh, so at uh, oh at twenty two hundred, uh, we're gonna watch the sci-fi movie hour on me tv and then after that <laughs> it, oh v- very special event coming out next weekend iron fist on netflix we're gonna have to move these <laughs> other shows over to this side and then and the other executive also, comes in and they're like you know what we actually don't need to watch iron Fist. we don't we don't need okay. to watch it let's L- just bump that let's take that sticky note <laughs> off of there and just and just toss it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought up iron fist because this is a show that hasn't been getting good reviews, and realistically, I'm not, I'm not interested in it. And, and re- you like, know, I I stop I stopped being interested for some in so like Luke Cage came out. I watched the first episode. I was kind of, it, it was kind of uninteresting. And I, we've talked about Luke Cage and how he's has a Superman uh, issue where it's like he's just so he's invulnerable. So his stories are in, un- interesting to me. And so I, I lost the motivation there, and then Iron Fist is like, okay, another another white dude who gets superpowers, and <laughs> I'm like, eh, I don't need to see it. 
Yeah, I watched some videos that dealt with the uh, issue that Marvel has when it comes to um, sort of, I, I, I don't remember the exact term, but it's like uh, Orientalism, I think is what it is, where sure, yeah. it, 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 it treats uh, Asian culture and, and things that are actually, you know, still existent and things that are very normal, uh, but treats it with this like mysticism and you know all Asian people in these shows are like ninjas and things like that, and it. I know it's 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 and then and then the main character who who practices martial arts is a white dude, of of with a background like a privileged white guy who just is in a plane crash and then studies martial arts. Yeah, uh, that is not the reason I'm not watching it. Well, uh, it, it... I I just I I I'm not ready to I don't know try and invest again back in that. That world, I don't know what it is. I really enjoyed both of the first Daredevil seasons and Jessica Jones. I, I got hooked on. Yeah. Um. But maybe it's just because I'm busy doing this this crap. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just I'm not ready to to get get back into that. Yeah. In, in that the whole uh, the the thing about like whitewashing Asian culture, right? Like, um, with uh uh Tilda Swinton. In Doctor Strange, right, and then that was that was an Asian character originally, and then they're like, ah, well, no, let's let's make her a white woman, um, you know. So then, like, you're like, well, now you're now you're whitewashing. Um, I don't, I don't think the uh, the guy in Iron Fist was a was he was he an Asian American originally? Do you know? No, in the in the original comics, he was he was white dude. Okay, yeah, it's always a so, white dude. Yeah, I, it's. I don't know. It. I mean, I guess in that way they're true to the comics, but I think the criticism is it, it reaches back all the way to the comics themselves and being like, "All right, like, why? Yeah, why is this that yeah. way? It's just like like yeah. like Batman learned from uh learned ninjaism, <laughs> uh, and then like Iron Man, he fights uh you know um the dude with the rings. Uh, crap. Brain Than- Thanos? No, no. <laughs> uh, whatever. One, one of the Asian, Asian things. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I can't. Are you talking about an Iron Man two? Yeah. Uh, the Mandarin. Or was it three? The Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. Mandarin. Like that's one of his arch nemesis, right? Like, there's always this. There's always this. Like, yeah. Like, let's let's fight against. Like, even Logan. Even Wolverine, right? Like he has his whole like samurai stuff that going on. There's always this like white dude who is in Asian culture, either learning from them, learning their mystical ways, or uh, having them be the primary enemy, like Silver Samurai. Yeah, and and you know I don't I don't want to bash Marvel into the ground uh, because I think they're trying in in recent uh, characterizations to to improve on this image. Um, Bruce Banner is not the Hulk anymore. Now it's, uh, we have a new Hulk who is Asian American. Um, they're, they're trying to diversify and sort of, um, you know, the new Wolverine is a female. Uh, we've got various cultures that they're trying to mix in. And so in in that, in that regard, uh, good, good job, Marvel. Uh, try to, try to keep moving in the right direction. Yeah. I, I think, I think part of it is beyond Marvel, right? is Hollywood is so quick to put a white 
person, white man or woman, into a role of a traditionally Asian character. Like Ghost in the Shell is a primary example of that, right? But sure. but they're but they're less willing, and and this is I think this is the problem. Like they're less willing to cast an Asian actor in a role that might be a traditionally white character, right? Like why is I think that's the problem. Is it's it's so easy to be like, well, no, we're it's okay, we'll put a white person in, but they wouldn't have that same outlook when they're like, you know what? Uh, let's I don't know if we should put um uh, this this guy. In, in this role he's he's too he's too asian looking like yeah what does it matter what, what does it matter if it, if he's in wolf of wall street and he's the, the main guy <laughs> it doesn't matter you know and and there are there are productions out there that are trying to uh to definitely not worry about you know race at all in their casting uh you know i've i've got a soft spot in my heart for for hamilton mm-hmm. and in a pl- a play in which uh, George Washington is is played by a black actor in the original cast and and the and the entire uh cast i mean like Thomas Jefferson is african american um so you know it's they they're just like you know what you're really talented and you'll be great in this role so you're going to be that and and they and the the rest of it don't worry about yeah um and and honestly to to call back to beauty and the beast there were certain extras or or sort of like bit players um where you know obviously they're not featured actors sure. so it's 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 not necessarily like a huge leap but there were times where they definitely seemed to bring in um a, a more blended cast for some of the uh the chorus if you will and and I thought that was good i was like you know what absolutely like let's let's get um let's Give these opportunities for for a number of people. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and, and so. yeah. I, I like. I haven't seen Hamilton, admittedly, uh, but I think that's I think that's really cool. Yeah. I I've I've not seen it live. <laughs> I I but I I think that I think that's really cool that they're like like it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter like if you're a talented actor or an actress like get in here get in here and do your thing. Absolutely, um, and and I think I think Hollywood needs to, uh, you know, Hollywood as a as a generalism needs to start yeah. needs to start doing that, right? They need the to be like film industry, like you know, it's it's great having John Wick being Keanu Reeves, right? Or uh, all these superheroes be, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. But you know, just throw some unknowns in there, and just yeah. don't be afraid to, I guess. Sure. Don't be afraid of talent, uh, Hollywood. Don't That's be, my don't message to you. Come on, Hollywood. I know you're listening. I know, Hollywood. Here's what you can do. Here, here. You can give. You can respond to our accusations uh, through all the stuff we talked about at the top of the show. Hit us up on Twitter at Apathusiast and send us an email apatheticenthusiasmshow@gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, dear Hollywood. That's dear, dear to, Hollywood. To whom Hollywood may concern, and and Hollywood, listen. Hollywood, I know you've been listening for a long time, and you know you've been on the fence about leaving a review for the show because you know you, you listen on iTunes every week and you're like, you know, these guys they're fun, but I just I've got a lot going on producing every movie that was ever made. <laughs> so, so just just take a second mm-hmm. and head over to your podcatcher of choice iTunes Stitcher whatever it may be yeah. and uh leave a review rate the show it will really help others find it 
Uh, and let us know what you guys think about us just kind of being a little bit looser with the, uh, the conversation. Uh, we, we have, we have our things we want to talk about, but, uh, you know, let us know what you like about the show and, and tell a friend, tell, tell an enemy, tell, I don't know, post a bulletin somewhere yeah. on your, on your campus. <laughs> on, if, on, if on your campus <laughs> or other other campuses i don't know Look, if you're not allowed to go to a school don't do that but otherwise go go and tell somebody if, about the show if we're on college radio right now look just let your campus know that we're we're there and we can give you flyers if you want to pass around if 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 you have access to college radio <laughs> <laughs> and uh or specifically what is broadcast on college radio you know send us an email we, we'll be happy to uh yeah no we will we distribute will, this show <laughs> we'll do an interview for you <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh all right brandon well we've got we've got other podcasts uh to work on uh interdimensional rss is still plugging away uh short break for uh submitted for your approval so this is a great time if you have not been listening to Submitted for your approval to catch up and uh, <clears throat> listen to some of the good interviews and things that are that are going on on the Twilight Zone space. Um, but yeah, so that's what's going on on the website. We should. Uh, I'm I'm I've got the new gaming computer. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I'm working on setting up some streaming or recording uh, stuff on there. So maybe some more video content coming up in the weeks ahead. Yeah, uh, and since yeah, and since I'm not doing S4YA for a little bit. Uh, maybe there'll be some more blogging opportunities. We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Travis. That... All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, until next time, I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.